When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A product of the Whisper Forge. Sound and story brought to life. You're listening to a parody that is not affiliated with or endorsed by Supergiant Games in any way. We're just big old nerds making improv fanfiction. Rogue Runners is rated R for pretty much everything you can find in Greek mythology. Violence, assault, self-harm, offensive language, insensitive humor, and intense themes. We encourage everyone to check out our show notes and transcripts on our website at whisperforge.org. Are you ready to run? Then welcome to Volume 1 in the Blood. Okay, so before I give this description, actually, I want a group perception check because this will Ooh. affect some of the information I give you. Hey, nat oh. 20. 24. Me too. That's a 23. 14. 6. You arrive in a rectangular room that is wide by 30 feet on the side that you were standing. On the long far end, 150 feet away, is the gate. With your perception checks, Rolf and Annie, you see some scribbled runes on the ground, and they say the words, The Ordeal of Oisis. Additionally, everybody sees this. Behind you, you see like a mirror realm of everything in front of you. On the other side, beginning like immediately behind you, you see Pende, you see Palestra, and you see Ajax. And the three of them kind of turn around and they like notice you as well, like at the exact same time. And then they look out at the 150 foot stretch. The entire platform is made of smooth black tile. So after about 10 seconds of getting your bearings, on the side that you were on and also on the mirrored realm side where three members of the Olympiad are, this weird lilac-colored smoke starts to expand. And it is expanding out in both directions, like from the mirror. Make a history or arcana check only Annie. Oh... Oh, that's not good. That's a five. There is a very good reason for this. I'm not throwing this out of nowhere. Make it with advantage. Oh, yay! 16. So, Annie, you recognize the name Oisus. Oisus was the ancient Greek goddess of grief, anxiety, and depression. <laughs> Great. Piecing that together with the gas that is emanating from this mirrored space, you suspect that that might have something to do with Oasis. So this gas is expanding out. We're saying even though it's in your space, it's not affecting you for this first turn because you're seeing it come out. It's like spraying out towards you and it's expanding out towards the opposite end gate. You know that the mirror realm is impassable, so you cannot touch or otherwise like reach out to the people behind you. The only way it seems is forward towards the gate 150 feet away on the smooth black tile platform. 
So first up, we have Arete. I am going to go ahead and use movement to move 30 feet across the black tile towards the gate. The party behind you, they also start making a run for it, like Arete, away from the weird vapor that's appearing in your space. Annie is going to do the same. She's going to follow after Arete, and she's going to look back at Rolf and Alex and tell them, we need to move. It's best not to touch that gas. And she's going to go. I have a feeling that this can't be quite as simple as we're making it out to be, but also I have no idea who this voice this guy is, so I'm going to book it. And I'm going to dash and move 60 feet. As you move about 40 feet in front of you, the smooth black tile slides upward in the space in front of you. So at the 40-foot space, these walls appear in front of you. They're 15 feet high. Furthermore, the whole platform is 30 feet wide. This takes up 25 feet of the platform. So only the five feet on your right is open. And what that means is you have to expend 15 feet of your movement to go around that wall, or you can try to scale the 15-foot wall, whatever you want to do. But so far, you've used 40 feet of your movement. Scaling that 15 feet, like, is that a very difficult task, or would that be something most people can accomplish? You feel like it would be um, a medium difficulty athletics check. Uh... Let's gamble it, sure. So you are dashing, you've run 40 feet, you see these walls come up in front of you, you are not letting this stop you. You go, and you jump. Make an athletics check for me. That's a 19 from Rolf the Jumping Man. (laughs) You are the spryest sexagenarian as you (laughs) leap up, you go, and you hurdle yourself up to the top. So you are standing on the top of the 15-foot wall at the 40-foot marker. Okay, I'll do the dash and try to scale the wall as well. So I have a grappling hook and rope. Ooh, okay. Would that help make it easier at all? Are you helicoptering them as you run up to the wall? (laughs) Yes, as I run up to it, do the helicopter spin and throw it up. Make your athletics check with advantage. Cool. That's 24. I'd like to leave the grappling hook there for the others to climb the wall. All right, so you vault, you just land right next to Rolf. You've got the grappling hook trailing behind you on that wall, and you've got that 110 feet of smooth black tile out in front of you. Howdy! I'm going to go ahead and use the rope attached to the grappling hook to climb onto the wall. So at initiative 10, the vapor has extended to the 30-foot point. Annie, you are at the edge of the gas right now, but you are not affected by it. Only if you remain here would you be. So it is your turn. Run, Annie, run! Amanda is curious. I'm not going to lie. Amanda's very curious. <laughs> Damn it! Annie wants to look over uh, at the other Olympiad to see how they're doing. Sure. It is a perception check with disadvantage because now there are 60 feet of smoke between you two. Damn. That's a five. So you look through the smoke and you see that there is one person who is still in the smoke, one person who is trying to help them exit the smoke, and you don't see a third person. But you can't make out who is doing what. Okay. Annie would like to run towards where everyone else was going, but I think she's going to want to walk around the wall more so than climb it. Uh, You can spend about 25 feet of your movement going around the wall. Okay, yeah, I would like to be on the opposite side of the wall. Yeah, you can spend your remaining five feet to do that, no problem, but you still have your action. Yeah, so I think I want to cast Featherfall on the three at the top of the wall. You can really just jump off and you'll be fine. Oh, thank you, Annie. I feel light and spry like I could just end like a 
swimmer kicking off a pool wall is going to kick off the wall and dash and move as far forward as he can. I guess just floating down however far Featherfall takes him. So something happens while you're doing that. So you hop off. You get to move about 40 more feet. You're on the ground at this stage. Furthermore, an additional wall appears at the 80-foot mark. So you still have 20 feet of movement, so you can still move around the wall if you want. Nothing else is peculiar about it, just the wall? I mean, you can look around, try to perceive if there's anything else special going on. Sure, let's see. That is a 12 on perception. Okay, uh, you don't seem to notice any other hazards around. Okay, and I'm going to move around it. As you do, make a dexterity saving throw. There we go. That is an eight. As you do this, giant streaks of flame shoot out from invisible space on the side to fill up that entire line in front of the wall. Oh, good lord. Okay, uh, you take 10 fire damage. Uh, uh, no! But you do get the movement off. So you're like running through the flame stream. It's going in your face. You go, ah, but you like keep running towards the flame stream and you take a right, which is on the left side of the wall. You go around the wall and you're past the flame stream. That has used up all of your movement, but you are ostensibly safe. (laughs) I'd like to take the grappling hook back in my possession and then jump off the wall. Can I dash with that too? You can. And then this time try to climb the wall with my grappling hook again instead of going around. Okay, so make a dexterity saving throw. Whoa, 17. Okay, you take one fire damage as this flame jet shoots out at you. You just saw Rolf get hit by this, so you're kind of expecting it. It barely even phases you. You throw the hook up and make an athletics check as you attempt to scale the wall with your remaining movement. 14. Excellent. Yeah, you scale it without issue. You are at the top of the wall. Shall I leave the rope? I think I'm gonna be walking around. Oh, you know, I'll put it on the other side so I can go scale the wall down. Great. Arete is going to, using Featherfall, do a dash to move off the top of the wall, run across, and then go the same path that Rolf did and use the little side clearing. Okay, Rolf ended exactly in that open space, so you have to finish your turn, like, right before where he is, essentially. But you could dash and use all of your movement to scale the wall. Yeah, why not? Let's do that. Okay, uh, make a dexterity saving throw. Oof. Oof. Uh, that is a critical fail. And you take 10 fire damage. But you're still climbing. You climb, you expend all of your movement to scale the wall, and you're good. You're at the top of the 80-foot wall. (laughs) At initiative 10, the fog that was at the 30-foot mark moves up to the 60-foot mark. So it's about 20 feet behind folks who are at the wall. The fog has passed you by now, I believe, Annie. Nothing happens here, but if you stay in this fog, things will happen. Ah, I know I shouldn't do it, but I really want to stay. Damn it, Toe. I mean, do what All you right. want. I, I encourage you no, to... No, I know. I know. But I shouldn't. I shouldn't. Annie's gonna run towards the other wall. You can move past Rolf and Arate, but they will both be treated as rough terrain, so they'll take up double your movement. Or you can try to scale the wall. Yeah, I'll just scale the wall. Okay, make a dexterity saving throw. That's a 12. You take 10 fire damage. Oh yeah, baby. We're on fire! (laughs) But you do scale the wall. You are on top of the wall at the 80-foot mark. So now I think everybody is at the 80-foot park. Well, I'll see you all in another 40 feet. And I'm going to dash 
straight ahead and try and make it to the finish line. So something happens when you move an additional 40 feet. At the 120-foot mark, you get another wall. This time, the opening is on the right again. I'm going to go around it, yeah. Okay. As you try to move around it, you start walking, and the black tile becomes really, really silky smooth right in front of the wall, and you notice it is like black oil, essentially. So you try to move around the wall, and you kind of just get like slid back. So you're kind of just standing squarely in front of the wall. Additionally, a jet of flame fires out at you onto the oil slick and onto you. Make a dexterity saving throw. Well, see you all in the next life. That's an 11. This is the next life, buddy. Uh, you take 13 fire damage. Oh, Iris? <laughs> uh, you entreat Iris and you are al- on fire. Thanks a lot, Iris. You see rainbow lights coming off of the flames that are covering your body right now. If I scale the wall down with my grapple hook rope, could I detach that? grapple hook. Not without a check. Right. Instead, I'm just going to take it with me and jump and try to land nicely. Make an acrobatics check. And I'm a 21 acrobat. You land just fine. You don't take any fall damage. So you're moving 30 feet? I'll move as much as I can. Okay, so you want to go all the way to the 120 foot wall? Yeah, and then try to climb that with my grapple hook. You try to uh, use your grappling hook, which you think would give you advantage, but you're standing on an oil slick, and that cancels out your advantage, so it's only a regular roll. 11. You are not able to scale with that roll. Furthermore, the, the jet flame fires out at you, you're coated in oil, you take 7 fire damage, and you're basically standing next to Rolf at this flaming wall. How you doing, buddy? <coughs> I believe I am on fire. Arete is going to make an acrobatics check as he leaps very stylishly, kind of like almost in a swan dive to attempt like a mid-air flip to then land on his feet to get off the wall. It's a 22. Excellent. You land without issue. Arete is going to dash forward and attempt to scale the oil slick wall. Make an athletics check with disadvantage. 15. You are able to scale the wall fine. However, make a dexterity saving throw. 14. Oh, very nice. Okay, so... You feel this oil, like, slicking you down. You don't give a shit. You're still scaling it. You do it with, you know, rogue things. Uh, The flame jet fires out at you, and you only take five fire damage. And you're not on fire. I'm the king of the world. As I arrive on the top of the wall. So at initiative 10, the vapor has picked up speed. So it has advanced 45 feet. So it has whooshed past you, Annie, but you're still where you're at. It hasn't affected you yet. The gas has extended 25 feet in front of you. Shit. (laughs) Okay. Annie's going to follow after Arate, and she's going to remember the fact that Alex took the grappling hook and the rope when there were people still stuck at the top of the wall. And she has... Annie has rope, but she doesn't have a grappling hook, so that sucks, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, but she's going to carefully... And as skillfully as she can, jump off of the wall. 11. You take one falling damage, but you do land on your feet. Brilliant. Annie would like to continue by running towards the other wall. Are you going to try to scale the wall? Yes. Okay, uh, make an athletics check with disadvantage. It's oily here. Damn. Yeah, that's an eight. So you're not able to scale the wall. So you land next to Rolf and Alexander. Make a dexterity saving throw. Kidding me, dice. That's a nine. You take 16 fire damage and you are on fire. She's like blowing out on her arms, trying to just not burn to death. Oh, ow, ow, 
Remember what they taught us in training camp. Stop, drop, and roll. Don't do that here. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, so Rolf, you are on fire. You take four fire damage at the start of your turn. Oh, no, that's not a good sign. No. What would you like to do on your turn? Well, let's see. Um, I'm half a breath away from death. So Rolf is, is going to move around the wall, and as he does... He's going to breathe of his favorite vapors and give himself some false life. That is five hit points I'm getting. Okay. Maybe they will help you as you make a dexterity saving throw. That's a 16. Excellent. So you only take three fire damage, but you are now out of the jet flame oil slick area. You're like standing directly in that clear space of the 120 foot wall on the ground. Alexander, it is your turn. You take five fire damage at the start of your turn because you're on fire. So I guess I'll try to climb again with the grappling hook. That would be a 10. So that does not happen for you. You still have your movement. Can I try scale it like without the rope? Okay, yes, but I'm going to say this is with disadvantage. Yeah. And you're using up your full movement again. I'm desperate. Okay, yeah, 15. Uh, Yeah, so you are actually able to scale the wall. So you're at the top of the 120 foot wall now. I am going to jump off the wall. This time I'm not going for style, I'm going for function, and I'm just going to kind of like leap down and try to be as gentle as possible on these knees. You only get one pair. 18. Excellent. You land with a plum. I gobble up that plum. Uh, (laughs) And then Arete (laughs) continues on to finish the length of the room and arrive at the gate. So first, you find a bottle of nectar on the ground directly in front of the gate. Cool, I'll pick that up. Okay. Also, the gate shows a bag of coins in the little bubble. Great. I put my hand on the door, hoping that it will reset the room and everyone will stop being attacked by fire and oil slick and purple smoke. All right. So um, the good news is the bubble does pop, the gate slides open, and there is a portal of black smoke in front of you. Huzzah. The bad news is none of the other hazards in the room have changed. Oh, no. All right, everyone. Better put a little uh, pep in your step there. I tried to stop everything, but it... Keeps on coming. Uh, At initiative 10, the gas, which was at 105 feet, advances another 45 feet. And 105 plus 45 is 150, which is the whole length of the platform. Ah! So now the gas is encompassing the entire space of play. At this stage, nothing happens to you the very first time you start your turn here. After that, any subsequent turns you have here, things will happen to you. Rolf, it is your turn. You take five fire damage. Shit. Okay. Ow. Um, everyone, please don't die. I care about you deeply. Goodbye. And I'm going to dash through the portal. (laughs) Rolf is removed from play. Alexander, it is your turn. You take five fire damage. I'm going to jump off the wall and dash for the portal. 14. You are able to land without issue. You run straight into the portal. For once, we're not the last person through the portal. Alexander is removed from play. Annie wants to try and scale the wall. Once again. Oh, shit. Okay, make that roll with disadvantage. Well, any roll to 15, both times. Oh, excellent. Okay, so you're able to scale the wall fine. Does jumping down count as a movement? Uh, jumping down, but you can still move. You can make an acrobatics check to see if you take damage. That's a 19. Excellent. You're about to land, and it's about to look a little ugly, and you kind of just, like, strum on your veal, and you kind of just, like, land, like, just right. So you're on your feet. Brilliant. And Arete is still... In the room? I'm right at the portal. Annie is going to run towards Arete, 
push him into the portal, not caring what he says. And he's gonna turn around and she's gonna be like, I've dealt with you one toy sis for not doing this again. And she jumps right into the portal and she's good. A plus. Um, I'm gonna word inspiration for that. The gate seals behind you and the room fills with Oasis's gas. You have solved my depression puzzle. <laughs> Is that all it takes? I do it every day, baby. I guess nobody will ever find out what happens at the gas. You'll never see that again. What? Good. I don't want to know. Again? Like ever? Nope. Guess not. Depression, once you deal with it, it never comes back, you guys. So here is where you find yourself next. You see a quaint little room lined with dark purple stone tiles, and a series of merchant wares appear to be laid out over a casket serving as a table. On the table, you see a pomegranate, uh, very similar to the palm of power that you consumed earlier. Marked on the casket directly underneath the pomegranate, it says 75. You also see a bag of gemstones. It seems to be about 30 gems. And underneath it, you see a rune saying 50. You see a centaur heart just levitating above the casket. Uh, The centaur heart has 100 marked under it. You see darkness crystals, about 50 darkness worth. It has 75 marked under it. You see what appear to be a burger and a taco and fries. Uh, and they have 25 marked under them. And you also see a gate on the opposite end of the room, which shows a centaur heart. Oh my God, please. I am so close to giving up the ghost for a second time. <laughs> I have a question. Yes. Is there only one of each of these items? There is only one of each of these items. Do we split whatever we get or do we, is it just like- I think that's up to us. So you've consumed the palm, so you know how it works. Mm-hmm. The gemstones we're kind of treating as like party-wide loot, right? We've talked about that. Right. The centaur heart would work the same way the centaur heart worked last time, both the one on the casket and the one on the door. Okay. The dark Darkness gems are party-wide loot. The food can be consumed by one person. All right, yeah, because I was looking at that food. And you also implicitly understand that the currency that's being talked about here is the Charon's Obels, however many you have. Mm-hmm. The Secretary of Treasury, how many do we have? Oh, gosh, that's not that's not a lot. All right, team, we've got 20 Obels to spend. Oh, just kill me now. Alexander, drive a spear through my head. Go. But then again, it's all just sitting there. Uh-uh. No, I don't know. No, no, no. Do not steal. No. How far is the next gate portal thing? It's uh, 50 feet away from you. Mm. I am quite roguish, and I do have a nice sleight of hand. Don't. I have 50 feet of rope. <laughs> don't. <laughs> Please. Uh, an- no, Annie is walking over to the other door, and she's gonna she's gonna pop that bubble. She wants to no no. The bubble pops. The gate slides open, and there is just a smoky black night in front of you. Furthermore, all the items above the casket vanish. I knew it. Fuck. <laughs> that, it, that that was for the best. I promise. Let's go. Come on. You're not choosing the next door. <laughs> um. How's everyone doing, you know, on a scale of 1 to 26? Um, oh, shit. I just looked at my health. <laughs> uh, I'm at about a 6. Can you heal anyone, old man? Um, I've run out of spell slots. Uh, I mean, I've run out of... Uh, I'm tired, I guess. Uh, <laughs> um, I could potentially take one of my 
more expensive abilities and use that energy for a cheaper ability. Something I like to call sorcery points. You wouldn't understand. It's all about... I've been cataloging how magic works. It's incredible. Anyways, it could give me uh, some vapors, you know, to inhale. But how's everyone else doing? Uh, Are we grave? Eritrae. Oh, I'm on a scale of 1 to 26, feeling a nice 20. And Anastasia. Well, I was going to ask you how you were feeling, Alex. I'm always fine. You don't have to be the tough guy all the time. I'm going to keep my comments to myself because I know how you feel when I when I share certain things that just happen. You know, I I'm I'm going to be honest, I can use um I can use a boost. I can also help myself. Suddenly the burger and fries appear again. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that! <laughs> um, you could heal yourself. Do you want vapors, girl? What? Do you want vapors? <laughs> she can heal herself. Th- uh, thank you, Rolf, but I, 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 can, I got this one. And he's going to pull out her viol. She's going to play a more um, soothing, kind of faint, but like classical little melody. And... Besame, besame mucho. <laughs> And Arete will sing along. Is that's totally fine. Um, and she is going to do that for herself. Six plus four is ten, so she's going to gain that. You look inexplicably rejuvenated. I thought I explained it pretty well. I just needed to play some music, and I felt better. The power of song. Well, fine. More vapors for me. And <laughs> you see, Rolf is going to extend a second-level spell slot to get three sorcery points back and then spend the four sorcery points to get two first-level spell slots back Okay, and is going to breathe of the vapors of false life. So a lot of transactions are happening here. Like, you were saying, like, the blood is, like, rippling through your veins. There's fumes flying around you. There, a, a theremin starts playing in the background. Like, just a lot is happening. Uh, but, but all those things happen without issue. And I regain seven temporary hit points. Fucking junkie. <laughs> no, yeah, that's exactly how, like it's. He's basically brewing his own like drugs inside his veins. Like <laughs> you see him convulsing, and that puts him at unlucky thirteen HP. And with that, Arete is going to walk through the portal. <laughs> well, cowabunga, dudes! And I'm gonna run through as well. Look around for anything else, I guess. Can I? Uh, yeah, make a perception check. 14. Something glints in the corner of your eye, and you see a big, juicy pouch full of obbles just sitting in a corner. Oh, no. Okay, I'll go grab it. Okay, you've grabbed it. You're holding it in your hands. Mm-hmm. Alex? Annie hasn't walked through the portal, so Annie's wa- Annie, I would assume, is watching this. <laughs> Anastasia? Alex? Anastasia? Alexander? Anastasia? Alex, what are you doing with the pouch? This is, uh, money, yes? <laughs> <laughs> You're the one who rolled a perception check, not me. Well, come have a look at it, and I, I walk over to her. Okay. And he looks in the bag, I guess. In the bag, you see there are 300 obbles in it. Alex face palms. You couldn't have found that earlier, Alex? And I zip it up, put it away, and just walk through the portal. No, Shaking my head. Annie's just gonna like look around really quickly just to make sure no one was actually there. And she's like, oh, 
gods have mercy. And she walks through the portal. The party arrives in a rectangular room that is 30 feet wide on your long side, and it is 150 feet long. Oh, no. However, here are some key differences. First, you immediately enter and you are immediately standing on a ledge. This ledge extends at five feet from the edge, so you are on that five-foot space, and you are 30 feet above the ground, which extends out before you. There are 19 shades on the ground, and they are these big bulking shades that carry these giant orange clubs, and they are like milling around. And it does not take any check to know that you for certain would not survive this if you just went in and tried to fight your way through. However, you do have a glowing gray crystal swirling directly to your left when you enter. So the four of you are lined up, pressed against this wall, and then whoever is on the farthest left, there is a swirling gray crystal to your left that's emitting this wispy gray cloud. Is it within uh, striking distance? It is. Somebody hit that thing. See what happens. Can I roll a history or religion? This would be probably a hard investigation or a slightly easier arcana. Oh, I have Arcana. Okay. Oh, no. That's a 12. You get the sense that this is a crystal that provides a certain radius of invisibility when held. Ah. What, what is it, uh, Rolf? Well, look at this. And I grab the crystal. You grab it, and you, Arate, and Alexander all immediately vanish. <laughs> what? So, Annie, you just see the three of them go just completely disappear. I look around at Aretha and Alexander and I hold my finger up to my lips to be like, be quiet. <laughs> uh, they don't see anything. Wait, can we not see each other? You cannot see each other. Oh. Good. Where'd, where'd, where'd you guys go? What happened? <gasps> Hands off. There is a limited field of invisibility. I, can everyone see Annie? I can see Annie. I too can see Annie. I can see Annie, but... I, okay, I so can't. Annie, you're outside the winner's circle. Here, okay, Arete, hold out your left hand, and I'm going to give you the crystal, and then we should all be invisible. Okay, I'm holding out my left hand. And I'm going to feel around to try and pass the crystal off. Oh, boy. You dropped the crystal. No, uh, you, you're, it's fine. You hand off the crystal. Arete, the minute you hold it, Annie also goes invisible. Aha! <gasps> uh-huh. Wow. Alrighty, so... Here's the deal. We've got to cross very gently, very gingerly across this room. We have to stay very close together, and I would think very quietly. Well, you and Alexander certainly have experience there. Hands off. What do you mean by that? What does that mean? We'll tell you when you're older. Nothing on the ceiling, huh? It seems to expand into infinite blackness, but do you look up at the ceiling? Sure, yeah. When you look up at the ceiling, you feel this very unsettling feeling like you're not supposed to look up. As if somebody is looking down at you. And I look forward again. (laughs) And it's a 30-foot drop from our platform? It's a 30-foot drop from your platform. And no other elevated platforms, correct? Not that you can see from where you're standing. Alexander, how long is that rope of yours? 50 feet. Never mind. I have 50 feet. I also, I regret to inform you all that, um... I have disability on stealth checks. You have disadvantage on stealth checks. (laughs) (laughs) We do not send you a check when you make stealth checks. (laughs) I have disadvantage on stealth checks. I also happen to have 50 feet of rope. That means we have 150 feet of rope altogether. That's correct. Now, is there anything we can attach it to on the far end of the room? (laughs) 
I was going to say someone attach it to one of your crossbow bolts. Ah. Okay, yeah. Can we investigate to see if there's anything I could shoot it into? Make an investigation roll. That is a 22! Excellent. So here's how we're going to do this. A lot of times I won't design features for certain rooms, but I want you to be able to shape the world as you move through it. So, for example, if you want to have something, like I want there to be like a buttress or something that I can fire a crossbow bolt into, I want you to like give me like a check for that and say like what kind of check you want to make. And if you do well on it, I'll actually allow you to kind of define what appears there. So like I did not have anything that you could shoot the bolt into above the ground, but because you rolled really well, would you say that it would be a favorable result if, for example, there were like buttresses like every 40 feet or so? Yes, very favorable. Okay, so you notice those lining the wall at your level, so 30 feet above. All right, gang, so here's what I'm thinking. You see those little buttresses over there? If we can shoot our rope into it, pull it nice and taut, maybe work our way across, and then kind of zigzag our way across the room, then the crystal is just extra insurance, if you will, and hopefully we don't have to talk to the Hulky boys down there, and uh, Mr. Pex over here doesn't have to worry about bumping into any of them and setting them off. Annie will examine the Hulky boys. Okay, make a history check. Annie, you're too young. You're not my dad. That's a 12. (laughs) With that, you don't know too, too much about them. You've heard that these are called wretched goons, and they're essentially heavies from the real world, so their job is to clean up messes, serve as, like, bouncers. They were always, like, goons or thugs that would be the muscle for bad people. There's 19 of them swarming around back and forth, dragging their massive orange glowing clubs, and they... They look like they will beat the fuck out of anyone who gets in their way. So just be mindful of that. May I examine them? You can, yeah. I roll a 21 on history. Alexander, you're more specifically understanding what their combat features are. They have two abilities. One is called surprising charge. If the wretched goon is 15 feet or fewer away from a hostile target to which it has a clear path on the ground, it may close that gap immediately by taking a bonus action, irrespective of its remaining speed. This may only be used before attacking on its turn, and it must immediately make an attack if it is able after using this feature. Its other special ability is called Hard to Dodge. The Wretched Goon ignores disadvantage on attacks resulting from its target taking the dodge action. Furthermore, it has a massive club, which is very evident that it uses to make attacks. Yeah. No, something tells me that if we got in their way, they would really try and fuck us up. So... At it! What? That's a very astute conclusion. (laughs) All right, who's got the crossbow? I think it's time to... Get this show on the road. Well, let's uh, hook it up, if you will. I offer my rope to be tied. Could could you? And and he holds out like a trembling bolt towards you. My hands, you see, the arthritis set in. Could you possibly tie it? I I just couldn't. not even in the afterlife can you escape the pain of arthritis. What a shame! Uh, tell me about it. Sure, I I, I will tie the ropes. Thank you. And I'm going to shoot it at the closest buttress, the one that's, I guess, 40 feet away. Okay, there are two that are, uh, so it's left and right along the wall. So do you want to shoot the left one, the right one, 40 feet away? Sure, let's go left. That's a 15. You fire it, it hits the buttress, uh, roll damage. Oh, uh... That's a six. Oh, God. <laughs> you feel that you might need to get a slightly deeper hit if you want to be able to, like, sustain any, like, weight on it, right? Because otherwise the bolt will just, like, get yanked out from body weight. Uh, the the recoil on this crossbow is just so, it's so intense. I don't, 
Does anyone with a steadier, uh, does a better shot want to give it a try? Are you shooting another rope, or are you yanking this back and doing it? I could yank it back. Make a strength check. Okay. Um, it's a 16. With that, you feel like you were just barely able to yank it back hard enough. Like a little chip falls out and hits the ground, but th- nobody really takes notice of that. But the bolt does come flying back at you and you you catch it. Impressive. Sick tricks, motherfuckers. All right, who wants to give it a shot? Who is the most dexterous? Probably Arete. I mean... I have a plus two dexterity modifier. Are you proficient in ranged weaponry? Yes. Well, here you go. Give it a shot. (laughs) Okay. Ten. So you feel that you wouldn't normally be able to get it with a ten, but because it was hit once, you're able to get it just barely. So you do land. Roll some damage up. Ten. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, you really get it in there. All right. What is our plan from here? So I think the plan here is to crawl across, right? Someone... uh, Hmm. Uh, the buttresses, does it look like we could stand on them? It looks like it could stand about two people at a time at most. Okay, well, now we enter the risky business of, unless anyone else has a crossbow, we may be needing to toss crossbows back and forth <laughs> over the abyss. As um, I will also allow you to fire your grappling hooks. <laughs> I have one. Okay, so, so here's my thinking, gang. We have two people on crossbow crew and two people on grappling hook crew, and if we fall down, if you don't have the crystal on you, toss it to whoever's falling because uh, it's, it's going to be a rough time. I mean, we could also do two people quietly climbing across and then two people with the crystal walking. Yeah, that could be easier. Perhaps Alexander takes the high route. I think you're more athletic than you are sneaky, no? Mm. Arate, since you are already very... Stealthful. Mm-hmm. Um, stealthful. It's not a word. I made it. Now. <laughs> I think the word you're looking there for, champ, is stealthy. I, yes, but I like stealthful. It you are full more. of stealth. Yes. I'm just filled to the brim with stealth. Our friends here, the old man and the little girl, would benefit <laughs> from this invisibility much more than you. And you are very dexterous. I could use a man of your caliber for the firing of the crossbow. Whatever you want, hotcakes. Um, Annie, are you comfortable with this plan? I don't want to send you down into the valley of death with nothing but an old man to protect you, and, you know, at least not against your will. Well, I feel like at the root of the question, you're just asking me if I'm okay with death, and truly, honestly, yes, yes, yeah, yeah, I am. Um, well, let's hope it doesn't come to that. I mean, we're already all dead, right? No, exactly, exactly my point. You know, we did it once. There's nothing saying we can't do it again. Do I have concerns? Of course. Do I have much of a choice? It doesn't really uh, doesn't really look that way. So got to do what we got to do, right? Certainly. I have one more vapor burst if we need it. Sure. I know you're not a fan of it. But it could just save our lives. I'm not sure about that. I think once you're spotted, your life is uh, good as gone. All right. (laughs) Well, give me a grappling hook and I'll descend into the valley of death. Okay, and are you doing this holding the gem or are you just doing this completely visible? The plan is Annie and I will descend holding the gem while Arete and Alexander will go rooftop. Uh, Are we all happy with this plan? Yes. God's speed. Um, goodbye. (laughs) So I'm going to put my little grappling hook in the cliff and throw the rope down for them to climb down. Anastasia, shall you climb first or shall I? 
uh, who's going to hold the, the invisibility thing? I think you should hold it. If it comes down to it and you have to leave me in there, I suppose that's all right. I, I'd rather you stay safe. Rolf, I'm not leaving you behind. Don't worry. No, I, I, I just mean, no. you know, if a big beefy boy tries to uh, chomp me down and, you well, know. Well, then he'll chop both of us down. We don't need two of those party members. We already have one. And he's going to go down. All right. Well, that's a, without the crystal. With the crystal. Oh, okay. So you have the crystal. Great. Smell you later. And as Annie descends, Rolf is going to give her some space and then slowly begin to climb down as well. You both reach the bottom without incident. Should we alternate back and forth? I think I'm. Rolf is at least going to want to wait at the bottom, like one hand on Annie's shoulder so we don't need to communicate verbally. Mm-hmm. But wait to see if you guys make it to the first buttress. So they've descended. I'm taking the grappling hook up now and the rope. I'm going to drive my dagger very firmly into the ground. And then I tie off the rope to the dagger. I'm going to take my sandaled foot and step on the hilt of that dagger. Make sure it's in there. It's in there. Oh, it's in there, buddy. And then with that, (laughs) I start to climb across like two hands. And then I cross my ankles and I'm kind of like shimmying along it. Yeah, You're trying to do that. It's going dun, dun. And then in that moment, you feel a little rip in the rope, and you go here. No, I'm kidding. Are you trying to do this quietly? Yes. Okay, make a stealth check. 18. Okay, and now make an acrobatics or athletics check for crossing. 12. Is there anything you can use to improve that roll? I already had a plus six to it. Okay, you do successfully get across, but the rope snaps. No. I mean, I can't communicate with you guys. I'm too far away. It would be it would draw too much attention. So, I'm just going to chill at the top of the buttress while you guys try to figure out what to do. I have an idea, but I can't communicate it to you. So, good luck. If you want, like if you want to try to mime it, I'll let you like make a performance roll or something. <laughs> Great. Actually, no, that's not sorry. I I am I'm so sorry. I misspoke. You're just going to have to make the movements to the camera and people will have to figure <laughs> that out. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> oh, no. oh, I actually know exactly what he's saying. Okay. This is riveting audio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, so Alexander is going to go and he sucks the grappling hook back onto the cliff with the rope and is going to climb back down to meet the others. Seeing Alexander come down, I put a hand on his shoulder. Okay. So now I have one on Annie and one on Alex. All right, so Alexander vanishes the moment that happens. At this stage, something happens. What? Oh, no. For a brief, like, millisecond, the vanished crystal flickers, and you all (laughs) flicker into view for just a moment, and then it blinks back, and you're invisible again. However, you get the sense that as time goes on, this crystal is going to keep repeating that behavior. I squeeze Annie's shoulder to indicate move. Annie goes. Annie starts moving. Annie is going to try and reach for, like, Alex's hand. So I feel like it's more of a clump than a line. Make a group stealth check. Everybody roll with advantage because you're invisible. Alexander rolled normally. 21, baby. 19 for Annie. 17. In the 40 feet between you and the first buttress, there are five of these wretched goons patrolling back and forth. Each 10 feet, there's, like, one goon patrolling back and forth for each of those 10 feet. If any of the wretched goons get 19 or better, on their perception for this first 40 feet, they will take notice. They don't seem very perceptive, for what it's worth. Idiots. 
not even exaggerating. <laughs> so they have a minus one to perception. The nat 20 minus one is in fact 19. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. There has to be something. There has to be something I can do. Wait a minute. You're careening closer to it in like five, four, three. I cast Crown of Madness. Sorry, what? I cast Crown of Madness to get it to attack one of its friends. Wait, no, no. Wait, it has to no. make a, what, a wisdom saving throw? Yes. Uh, it gets a 10. It fails. It is now charmed by me as a wreath of thorns appears on its head. So uh, this one's going to go, oh, yeah. The 10-foot space guy is going to swing at the 20-foot space guy, and he's essentially distracted him. So what I'll say is you successfully clear space one. Now you're in the 20-foot space. He is now very distracted by that, and these two guys are, like, brawling it out. You're now at the 20 space mark. You have to pass two more to reach the first buttress. They have to get a 19 or better. Third guy gets a 7. Next guy gets a 10. So you are all safely at the 40-foot buttress. Brilliantly done. <laughs> Rolf really wants to respond and have a nice little chat about it, but is going to decide not to. Does Arete need to communicate anything? Or... Well, I don't... I don't know where you guys are because you're invisible. So what's Arete doing then? I'm crouched on the buttress and I'm looking Sorry, out. at this stage, something else happens. No! <laughs> the crystal flickers again, this time for like a brief moment longer. Uh, and now you're invisible again. I saw them below me and I quickly descend the rope as quietly as I can to get within range of the invisibility crystal. I'm going to put a hand on Arete to bring him into the clump. And then once he's in the clump, I'm going to give Annie a, a squeeze to be like really hurry for real this time. All right. Annie's going to scoot along. She's going to just keep on going. Everybody make a group stealth check. Another nat 20, so 21. 19 from me. 17 for Annie. Six. On a 16 or better, you will be noticed in these next 40 feet. So the first 10 of the 40 feet does not notice you. You're passing by the next wretched goon does not notice you at all. You're passing by the, the next wretched goon, does not notice you. You're passed by another wretched goon, does not notice you. You are at the 80-foot mark. Oh my God. <laughs> All right, what happens? Annie's just gonna like squeeze Rolf's hand on her shoulder, just as like a double squeeze, just to double check. And I double squeeze back immediately. Perfect. And then she's gonna squeeze Alex's hand two times, just to make sure. He will double squeeze. Brilliant. She's gonna move forward then. Everybody, make a group stealth check. Ooh, that's a 20 for Annie. <laughs> that's a six. 24 from Arete. 11. Oh, no. This time, on a 15 or better, one of these wretched goons will take notice of you. It keeps getting worse and worse. The first 10 feet, here's what happens. Does not notice you. <laughs> Second 10 feet, 14. Does not notice you. <laughs> one short. You barely bump into this thing. It does not notice you. Next one. It gets a 16. You have about five seconds to try to change the odds in your favor. Five, four, Annie three, wants to cast blindness, deafness two. on it. Okay, they have high constitution, I will say that. Oh! 
it gets a five. So do you want it to be blind or do you want it to be deafened? I would like it to be blind. Excellent. Okay. Uh, It is blinded, so it does not take notice of you. The next, uh, the the last one for this stretch gets a 17. Oh, no. You have five seconds to react. Five. Arete would like to use a sail senses. So this is your very first time using this feature. So explain what you're doing. So, Assail Senses allows me to force the target to make a constitutional saving throw, and on a failed save, the target is either blinded or deafened, my choice, until the end of our next turn. Excellent. Constitution saving throw. It gets a 13. What is your save, DC? It's a 12. Oh, okay. Are you able to do anything? Anybody else? Five, four... Three. Uh, Annie's gonna cast Mage Hand. Uh, can I want to do a similar thing as before? I would like to cast Mage Hand as a distraction. So I did say that you can't do that all the time. Right. So what I will say is, if you want it to work again this time, you have to expend your inspiration to do it. Okay. All right. Your inspiration is gone, but you wave this Mage Hand in front of it. It goes. And it's swatting at the mage hand. You are now 120 out of 160 feet to the end. Do y'all want to just dash? (laughs) Oh, actually, sorry. Something happens right now. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I've rolled the exact same thing every single time I've done this. This time, the crystal flickers again. And this time, you are exposed for a solid three seconds. And it is, like, the (gasps) longest three seconds of your life. So it goes... And then you're out again. So at this stage, creatures will have advantage on noticing. (laughs) Quadruple squeeze. Go, 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 go. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, make a group stealth check. 18. 18 for Annie as well. Nat 20 plus 6, so 26. Oh, thank God. And then I got 6. So this time they have to get a 17 or better. (sighs) Oh, boy. You're in the home stretch. There are four wretched goons left. It gets a natural one. So the first one... Oh, sorry, with advantage. I forgot. Haha. <laughs> Still, an eight. So not great. Next one. Rolling with advantage. It saw something weird pop up. It gets a 16, which is just below the threshold. So it does not succeed. <laughs> Third one. Eight does not succeed. This is the yeah! final one. Three. Rolling again. 15, which becomes 13. You are all standing in front of a crystal bubble. In the bubble, you see a cloudy question mark symbol. Oh! (gasps) And he reaches out and she touches it. (laughs) All right. The bubble pops. The gate slides open. What do y'all do? Enter it. I I push all of us in. I pull everyone in. I pull everyone in. Three of you go in. Alexander, what do you do? I'm going in. All right. You go. (laughs) 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 You have <laughs> solved my stealth puzzle. Uh, <laughs> really nice job. Also, you grabbed a centaur heart along the way. There was a centaur heart. Nice. Do you guys consume it in the blackness? Yes. So we're going to say it. everybody gains temporary hit points equal to the maximum value on their hit die. Oh, sweet. Okay. I just wanted to make a little fire so I can sacrifice some of my centaur heart. Do I... you not partake of the centaur heart? I do. I just I save a little piece for the gods. Okay. I, you, you do that. It, it, it's, it is good. Matt, you make a religion check. It is good. <laughs> 22. When everybody selects their next boon, whenever that is, you're actually going to be able to select another of the remaining two options, and it benefits only you. Whoa. You enter a circular room covered from ceiling to floor in ruby tiles. The smell of rose water fills the air. 
In the center of the room, you see a pedestal with the most beautifully crafted silver short sword you've ever seen. If you step close to it, you can hear a heavenly choir from somewhere in the distance. Annie's going to step closer to it. She she likes that music. Oh, that's heavenly, yes. It's very, very soft, but it gets louder as you get closer to it. Annie's just going to reach out and grab it. As you reach out and grab it, it phases through your hand. In front of you materializes a creature. It is the face of a human male on the body of a lion. And it says, So, another interloper here to make off with one of the infernal arms. Interloper? I... I'm sorry, I, I just, I heard the music, and so I, I reached, I didn't even know that, um, I'm sorry. No, 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 friend, this is not one of those animals you eat, the, the interlopes, no. <laughs> this is my good friend, Anastasia, uh, over here. Uh, we have Alexander, and, uh, wh- where'd he go? Uh, there he is, Arete, he's, uh, hiding, laying on the floor, he does that often. Um, Hello. Uh, you said something about an... Inf- oh, by the way, I'm Rolf. Hello, and your name is... I am Enigmatos. Ah, oh, pleasure. May I approach you, Enigmatos? <sighs> you are certainly welcome to try. Well, I don't mean that, and if that was very aggressive, I meant, like, to, you know, shake your hand or your mane or something like that. It does not answer. All right, please, do tell us more about these infernal arms you speak of. I have been charged... With protecting treasures such as these, these are priceless artifacts which reflect the power and nature of legendary heroes throughout time, both past and present and future. Incredible. So is this uh, a silver sword here? Is that an infernal arm? It is. And it is your job to not let us take it, correct? It is my job to protect it from the unworthy. So how do we prove that we are worthy. Alexander will step up and say, I come to you, Alexander, king of Macedonia, and uh, uh, to claim what is mine. <laughs> the human head on the lion's body smirks and says, And what is yours? My infernal weapon. How do you know that it is yours? Because it is my rightful possession as a hero on the surface. <clears throat> raises eyebrows. <laughs> what makes a hero on this surface? Well, uh, many people believe that it is heroic deeds done for great men and women of the realm. But I think that heroes are born in the smaller things. Heroes are made in the small kindnesses that we show to one another. And that is the measure of a true hero in my eyes. I will tell you whom I determine to be worthy of wielding this infernal arm. On the surface, you may believe that heroes are those who may march into battle foolhardy like this one here. But I believe that heroes possess wisdom. If you answer my riddle correctly, I will award you the infernal arm. Well, let's hear it, friend. Does everybody agree to answer the riddle? Yes. Yeet. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Speak it to us. Even though this human-headed, lion-bodied creature has seemed very gruff, at hearing that you are all willing to answer the riddle, it smiles as if a little pleased. Like, okay, good. Like, these are these are people who are actually down to take the test. But before it can show off too much of this being pleased, it turns its head away and its mane whooshes behind it as it starts walking away from you, but doing kind of like, um, you know, like the very iconic walk from the Lion King in Hakuna Matata when they're, like, walking across the log? Yep. Yeah. Yes. It's like doing that little trot 
and it is like very proudly calling out this riddle. What are the dozen cypresses erect in all their bravery and loveliness, each one of them with thirty boughs bedecked in Persia, never more and never less? First, as to those twelve cypresses which rear themselves with thirty boughs upon each tree, they are like twelve new moons of every year, like new-made monarchs throned in majesty. It's clearly something about boats. Annie would like to roll like a history check of some sort. Sure, go for it. That is a 19. With a 19, you know that this is one of the oldest riddles known to man. This is one of the most common riddles across all cultures and across nearly all languages. So you know that the answer must be a concept that is understood by most cultures and most languages, even in very ancient times. Can we hear it again? Yes. I'm telling you, it's something about boats. Yes, a concept understood across cultures. Boats. Boats and hoes. <laughs> what are the dozen Cypresses erect in all their bravery and loveliness, each one of them with thirty boughs bedecked in Persia, never more and never less. First as to those twelve cypresses which rear themselves with thirty boughs upon each tree, they are the twelve new moons of every year, like new-made monarchs throned in majesty. I think, hear me out here, crew. I could be wrong, but... I think it might be the months, right? The 12 cypresses erect with 30 boughs upon each tree, 30 days for each month. Never more, never less. Well, that part might not necessarily be accurate. Depends on which calendar you're talking about. Uh, uh, but, you know, in Persia or wherever else, you're always living on the same time. The 12 new moons sounds like the... 12 months of the year as well. That's brilliant. I concur. Shall we hear it one more time? <laughs> yes, I think that would be wise. <laughs> what are the dozen cypresses erect in all their bravery and loveliness, each one of them with 30 boughs bedecked in Persia, never more and never less? First, as to those twelve cypresses which rear themselves with thirty boughs upon each tree, they are the twelve new moons of every year, like new-made monarchs throned in majesty. Like new-made mon- monarchs throned in majesty. I don't, there's a lot of flowery language there that could lead me to believe it's something else, but I really do feel like months. I don't know. How many guesses do we get? I, I have a feeling we get what? I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Um, ex- excuse me, um... It's a sphinx, right? You haven't tried to examine the creature, so... I would like to examine the creature. Okay, make an arcana or history check. 16. You know that this is a large monstrosity known as an androsphinx. Its primary existence is to guard very important artifacts or treasures from people that it deems unworthy, and it is given very strict rules about who can get it, and it is extremely punishing to those who are not worthy. Oh, brilliant. Okay. I don't remember Aristotle telling me this one. <laughs> um, excuse me, S- Sphinx? Enigmatos. Um, enigmatos. Oh, like an enigma. My apologies, I didn't, uh... Um, how many, how many tries or how many guesses would you say we have? Any who withstand my punishment may continue to demonstrate their worthiness if they survive. Cool, instant annihilation. <laughs> I do think it might be months, but the question is, which one of us is willing to potentially get mauled to death if we uh, give the wrong answer? I will gladly 
<laughs> oh, bravery. Look at you. You're a little cypress erect. <laughs> um, everybody takes four psychic damage. No! What? <laughs> Was my joke that bad? John, you get the exact opposite of inspiration. Also, everybody heals it back immediately. I just thought it was funny. Okay. (laughs) All right. um, Does anyone have better ideas than the months? I I really don't. All right. You know what? Just we have to shoot our shot, right? Yep. Do we feel confident in this answer? Are we happy, friends? Are we happy? Who's ever really happy? That's a completely different question, Rolf. Jeez, all, all right. I don't think we've got any other ideas, so I think this is the best we've got. All right. Who wants to do the honors? I'll go. Godspeed, friend. And Arete steps forward to the creature, and he opens his mouth to speak, but kind of like <laughs> seeing the creature a little bit closer, he's like, frickin' heck. Oh, boy. It is looking down at you. Its mane is just very slowly flowing in the air. Its eyes are glowing as it's just looking at you, like, waiting. The answer we give is months of the year. At this, the Andro Sphinx closes its eyes. Uh And it opens its mouth and it roars. And that is where we will end our session. Oh, no! Runners Volume 1, In the Blood, stars our players Nicholas Benetatos as Alexander the Great, Amanda Facosta as Anastasia Pentazis, Giancarlo Herrera as Rolf Yannick, and Michael Pisani as Arete Lascaris. Dungeon mastering and NPC voices are by me, Tozaman. Cover art by Chandler Candela. Sound design and editing by Giancarlo Herrera. Title music by Sage GC, with vocals by Jessica Dahlgren and Sage GC. Character theme music by Giorgio Volpe. Additional music by Epidemic Sound. If you liked what you heard, we hope you'll consider helping us make future tabletop parodies of your favorite stories. You can support us at Patreon on patreon.com slash roguerunradio. Patrons get access to our community Discord channel, as well as our behind-the-scenes chat cast Out of the Blood, where we talk about everything on our minds after the episode. There are free ways to support the show, too. We hope you'll leave us a glowing review on your listening app of choice, as well as spread the good word about us on Twitter and Instagram, where you can follow us at Rogue Run Radio. We love hearing from you, so hit us up there or email us at rr at whisperforge.org. Lastly, we're big fans of Dungeons & Drimbus by Whimsic Productions. It's another actual play show both I and our cast play on, and it's how I met them all. It's so fun. Please give it a listen. Get ready to run with us next week. We're dropping two more episodes then. Till next time, sinners, I'll see you in hell.
Hello? Is Hello there. This is Rolf Yannick. Uh, and also Giancarlo Herrera, who voices him on the show, as well as uh, sound designs. Hi, everyone. If you like what we've been doing here, I hope you'll consider giving Dungeons & Drimbus a listen. It's another actual play podcast that features all of us here going on absurd and ridiculous homebrew adventures. It shares a lot of DNA with Rogue Runners, and if you're looking for a good laugh or just some more of us goofing around rolling dice, then I really think you'll like it. You're about to hear a trailer which I think speaks for itself, but if you want to hear the show, check out Dungeons and Drimbus wherever you find your podcasts, or check out Drimbus.com for more. See you all next week! Dungeons and Drimbus. Join this cast of professional actors and idiots as they fight their way through homebrew adventures filled with danger. Is anyone else getting in on this fight? Absolutely not. <laughs> oh my god, no! Charlie's waiting. You sons of bitches. <laughs> Did you play for money? Well, I play for the thrill as well, you know that. And I kill for the thrill, you know that. Give it here. Uh, no. <laughs> Drama. <gasps> Vico. Leave me alone. I am leaving you alone. I am walking away from the situation with the body. I did nothing wrong. <laughs> the way you love me is frightening. Oh, you better knock, knock, knock on wood, baby. That is a beautiful performance for someone who just came out of being unconscious like three times. I am a consummate professional. And Drimbus? And I pull the trigger. Uh, so we just lost an important character the first 10 seconds in. Did I break the, did I break this campaign? Baby, run. Well, baby wants to run, but does not want to leave daddy behind. I know, uh, sometimes it's good to go into a, uh, battle with a clear head. Is there any, uh, thing I can do to help clear your head? God, how long is the drive from my place to here? Yeah, 20 minutes. You got 20 minutes, go. <laughs> Dungeons and Drimbus. Professional actors playing unprofessional D&D characters. Professionally. New episodes every Friday, wherever podcasts are found. You see a svelte titanium case. A svelte? Like it looks nice. Svelte, it's, a, it's an adjective. Svelte? Really? Yeah. Do you mean svelte, svelte or felt? Svelte. Svelte. I, don't, I guess I don't know svelte either. S-V-E-L-T-E. Svelte. Slender and elegant. Whoa. I learned a new word today. We get it. You passed your SATs. Okay. All right. All right. Why are we not doing this? We're not doing this. Anyway. <laughs> the Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Hello, and thanks for calling the arena. If you know your party's extension, you can dial it at any time. If your psychiatrist has gone missing, press three. Press three. That sounds ill-advised. Life is about choices, man. You and I both suffer from a very rare form of mental illness, right? Yep, yep, that's us. I'm just saying, we're probably not the best private investigators, since we don't know what's real. The waitress at the Chinese restaurant, she told me that I needed to complete three trials to find Sadler. Okay, but how long have you been out of your meds? Three trials. The arena? The old factory, the inventor's basement. The inventor's basement. Exactly. Mama, I met someone today. You're not going to believe this. Half spider, half human. You all have this disorder. We call it the imperfection. Okay, so we just got off the train at a stop called East River between East Broadway and York Street. 
which I'm pretty sure doesn't exist. We are not a cop show, Charlie. Uh, I know that, but we're friends, and I need my friends. How sure are you that these things are actually happening in real life? It seems like reality can be a little slippery. Charlie! Charlie! They're on my face! Amber, Amber, stop, 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 stop it, stop these it. fucking spiders, they are everywhere. <laughs> the Imperfection, an audio drama in nine parts. Produced by Wolf at the Door Studios. Out now. For more information, please visit WLFDR.com.